0: Wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita, the host for today and uh, I'm very happy to be with you. Again, thank you for uh, tuning in with us uh, today. If you have questions, please don't hesitate to text me on uh, 401 305077 or email info at au. You can also visit our website, uh, faithfm.com.au. Our theme for the week is uh, the Bible and end time events. And our big questions we are dealing with is what is the mark of the beast? What state of life is there after death? And we have a hot one today. Where on earth is hell? We are going to deal also uh, later on with the uh, Can we have a thousand years of peace? And what is baptism? Our co-host today is David Butcher, and David is the President of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia. It's good to have you with us again today, David. Great to be here again, Nick, and good afternoon, listeners. David, what is hell in your understanding? This is a hot topic.
1: Yeah, I mean, hell has so many different meanings, doesn't it? I know there are at least four places in the world, uh, towns, that are called hell. In fact, Nick, um, in the United States, there is uh, a place called hell in the state of Michigan. All right. And uh, it's a pretty normal sort of place, little backwater place by the sounds of it, and for $100, you can be the mayor of hell for a day. Wow. (laughs) So, I I guess... um, uh, there are so many people that believe hell is a place Besides mm-hmm. what I've just said, a little town somewhere But hell is a place that is currently very hot That it is burning somewhere perhaps inside the bowels of the earth uh, And uh, those who are evil and wicked are being tormented and suffering forever and ever That's a concept that many people may have
0: mm-hmm. And that concept, David, uh, I believe, uh, turn uh, away so many people from God
1: Look, Nick, this is a really important important topic that we're studying tonight from Scripture because you are so correct there are so many people uh, that have become atheists and turned away from God and religion if God is a God of love they cannot see how that reconciles with a God who would punish people and torment them forever and ever
0: mm. and uh, with that
1: in mind David uh, how is God in your picture? You know, a- and this topic really frames that if, if you believe that God is vengeful and, and gets enjoyment from punishment uh, and from a, pl- a literal place called hell where people are suffering mm-hmm. then you'll have a very fearful perhaps picture of God yet how can we balance that with a God of love and look throughout the centuries this topic has been one of fear of judgment it is it is a topic that has been used this theme of hell that unless you become a Christian and part of the church that you will burn in hell mm-hmm. so many people have joined the church uh, the Christian church not because of love yes. but out of fear and so that's look, a good point Yeah, yes. it's interesting and just to share with you some of the various uh, sermons from yesteryear from you know 100, 200, 400 years ago uh, one author the Reverend J. Furness writes this and this was a children's religious book okay this is coming from this from a couple of hundred years ago and it's describing to children what hell would be like it says the fifth dungeon is the red hot oven the little child is in the red hot oven hear how it screams to come out see how it turns and twists twists itself about in the fire it beats its head against the roof of the oven it stamps its little feet on the floor now, that is a book that was given uh, for parents to read with their children. Now, what would that do to the mind of a young child? Mm-hmm. You don't want to burn in, in, uh, in a place like that. So you, know? you better be good. <laughs> and this is, has been a tool at times used by the Christian church, mm-hmm. which always fails. Fear never works. In fact, God is a God of love. Fear comes from the enemy. Mm. Another book from a couple of hundred years ago from the author Samuel Hopkins. Um, this is a book from 1852. It says, The smoke of their torment shall ascend up forever in the sight of the blessed. Before their eyes, this display of divine character and glory will be in favor of the redeemed and most entertaining and give the highest pleasure to all who love God and raise their happiness to in- ineffable heights." Mm. Should it cease, and this fire, could it be extinguished, it would in a great measure put an end to a great part of the happiness and glory of the blessed. Uh, so, Nick, what this is saying, and this is an author from a couple of hundred years ago, is that um an ever-burning hell in a very close postcode to paradise, to heaven, Uh, will be a place where the redeemed, those in paradise, will be able to gain continual and everlasting enjoyment from watching the wicked suffer in torment. Wow. Now, if that's heaven, uh, if that's part of heaven viewing that and gaining enjoyment from it, why would you want to be in heaven?
0: Yes. And what sort of joy you'll you'll have in heaven there to see the torment uh, over and over again.
1: So I want to suggest to you, Nick, that Satan has... Um, twisted scripture As That's he right. does And he has painted this Vengeful Fearful uh, Picture of a God That will Have you in hell At the slip of a hat a- And Essentially There are so many questions That surround this If God is a God of love then why is there a hell? Yeah, and the Bible does refer to hell to a place of judgment.
0: And, and David, uh, what is uh, even more difficult to understand when you see churches to preach about this? You know, and I, I've seen uh, signages, you know, uh, where they will say like, uh, "How will you spend eternity? You know, smoking or not smoking, or another one, turn or burn, yeah, turn you know? and burn, absolutely." <laughs> and there are. Um, you know, back in uh, in in the history of the church, you know, the universal church, there were people who really look into this and they make some assumptions, and definitely the enemy used the church to paint a very wrong picture about this subject
1: and Nick you you, you touched on an incredible point you're, you're from Europe and uh, I'm sure you've been through many cathedrals in Europe uh, 2011 I went uh, for about 5 or 6 weeks going through probably 30, 40, 50 at least cathedrals mm-hmm. throughout Europe And the number of photographs I got from the paintings on the ceilings of these cathedrals, a place where you were there to worship God, to be encounter God, Mm -hmm. you look up from the pew that you sit in, you look to the ceiling, and there is these... Shocking paintings of naked bodies writhing in pain with demons, with with um, uh, you know spears and flames everywhere, and 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 Satan and his angels and flames. It's a terrible picture of torture, and yet that's what you find on a number of great cathedrals throughout Europe.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You're right, and the, the, when I said the. People in high positions, you know, in the church, will uh, will have even uh, written down some books. Um, just thinking of one, if you like to just check that one, spiritual exercises. It was a book uh, written, and um, uh, the man who uh, pretended to have a vision about this uh, was uh, Ignatius uh, Loyola. Yes, yes. Uh, of Loyola, and he will say all sorts of things about this subject. You know what? Uh, we're not going to go into that uh, right now, but um, uh, David. God is seen as worse than a tyrant if uh, this is true, that it's a burning place, a hell going on and all uh, through all the eternity. God cannot be pictured as a loving God.
1: That's correct, and yet God is. And the scriptures are given to us not only as revealing to us the way of salvation, but also to reveal to us who God is, the Mm. character of God. Ever since Lucifer, now Satan, rebelled in heaven, he has been there to put down the character of God, to lie and to deceive. And yet the scriptures reveal Jesus who shows us that God is love. The scriptures reveal through the stories this wonderful plan of salvation. So God is the opposite to what Satan says. Mm. And in Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11, Nick, Um, we find that God does not enjoy the death of the wicked. Mm -hmm. And right there in Ezekiel in the Old Testament, it says, speaking of God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked but that the wicked turn from his way mm. and live.
0: Absolutely. And I think
1: in that verse he says, turn, turn. It's like this yearning father wanting his children to come back to avoid danger. Mm. I like to share uh, this point is that many evangelical
0: churches they come to uh, realize and understand and they even saying rethinking hell, you know, and try to come to the biblical understanding of hell rather than the uh, traditional uh, view on on this uh, important principle, important um, aspect, you know,
1: in the Bible. And Nick, I think tied to this, you are correct. There are many evangelical scholars that have studied through this and have come to a different conclusion to what the denomination they are part of teaches. Mm. And yet, these denominations are stuck. And the reason why they are is, and last night you looked at the topic of death, correct? Yep. Yep. The reason why they are is if you believe that as human beings we have an immortal soul or spirit, a part of you uh, which cannot die. Mm. That might sound great if you're a good person Because you go to heaven But the wicked also, if you follow this theory And it's not biblical if The wicked also must have an immortal soul or spirit Which can't be killed, which can't be extinguished So if the, wi- if the righteous who have an immortal soul And they don't, but if they did If they end up in paradise Will the wicked have to go somewhere? Yes They can't just enjoy life, they've got to suffer So the belief that you go to heaven when you die is connected so closely with the belief that if you're wicked at death, you have to be suffering eternal torment in a place called hell. Mm. You Mm. can't get rid of one without the other.
0: Mm. I just um, had uh, an author here, John William. Um, He lived in between 1913 and uh, 1996 and um, was an Anglican Bible scholar who opposed the traditional doctrine of hell publishing his views in a book released shortly after his uh, death. Um, Unending Torment speaks to me of sadism, he said, not justice. It is a doctrine which I do not know uh, how to preach without uh, negating the uh, loveliness and glory of God. From the days of Tertullian, it has been the emphasis of Fanatics. It is a doctrine that makes the uh, Inquisition look reasonable. It seems a flight from reality and common sense. Mm. This is, you know, um, an author from from uh, you know more traditional to say so church. But they are coming to consider that. And part of the church, he was troubled with that uh, that thing. Uh, another one, John Scott, uh, from nineteen twenty one. Um,
1: Only in the last number of years died John Stott, an yeah,
0: incredible theologian. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, he, he has also some uh, remarkable uh, statements uh, about this. Um, in, in his book, uh, Evangelical Essentials, says, uh, published in uh, 1989, John Scott uh, astounded the evangelical world by declaring that the traditional view on eternal burning suffering hell was not biblical. And uh, emotionally, I find the concept of eternal conscious torment intolerable in and do not understand how people can live without it or cracking under the strain, he said in, uh, in that book. And there are a few uh, more comments there and uh, statements. Good question. What does God, God's word say about Hell. And we are going to to look into a couple of questions, David. Uh,
1: so, so, Nick, there are three things that we need to know here. Firstly, that God is not a destroyer, but mm. rather Satan is. Mm. Uh, number two, God is not to blame for sin and suffering, Satan is. And yet you think when there is a tragedy, people say this is an act of God, yes. or they blame God. They never blame Satan. And point number three, Nick, that hopefully we can bring out today, is that God does not burn people in hell forever and ever. Instead, that's a lie of Satan. Yes,
0: and he's the one to, to cause so much trouble on this aspect. But um, another question, David, uh, what is God's uh, heartfelt desire for humanity?
1: Very good question. And we've got to remember that the Bible says that God is a God of love, correct? So in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, we have this incredible promise. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So this is talking about, um, here's the apostle Peter, the disciple Peter, and he is writing to, to Christians saying that, There are some people that are saying Jesus won't come back. There won't be a second coming. Mm -hmm. But Peter is saying, hey, uh, Jesus will come. He's promised he will come. He's not slack in it. But it's almost as if he's waiting. He's delaying, if you like, because he wants as many as possible Mm. to turn from their wicked ways and come to him so they can live. Yes. God is the author of life, not the author of death. Absolutely. And God has a vision uh, and commitment
0: for every person to be it, saved
1: that That's true And we've got to remember Why did Jesus What was one of the reasons Why Jesus came to this planet mm. He came to die So that humanity could live Yes And so Satan has twisted um, uh, Thought Christian thought In so many circles on mm. this topic
0: However David um, He will not force us To choose eternal life
1: That's our choice And and this is the, the crux You're correct Um God gives us the freedom of choice Because only love can be exercised in freedom Mm. Otherwise it's not love And God is a God of love Mm. And his heart breaks When people do not choose him And yet he has to step back A bit like a parent having to step back And allow a child to make decisions for themselves Mm. He warns, he loves, he beckons, he calls But he has to honour the choices that each one of us make
0: And in Romans uh, 6, uh, 23, it says, You know, if, I mean, this is the thing. If we do not choose eternal life, then the inevitable wages of sin is
1: death. That's correct. And so God clearly spells out He says, This is my plan. This is my desire. This is what you were created for. You were created to be in a forever relationship with me. But if you choose not to have that, If you choose to go your own way, well, then when you separate from me, the author of life, the result will be death. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And David, in
0: the Bible, there are passages talking about hell or uh, some other words uh, used for for hell. Um, Who was hell designed for?
1: Yeah, look, excellent question. Hell is designed, uh, Jesus said in Matthew 25, verse 41, uh, he says, "Hell is designed for Satan, and the text says this um, that they will be thrown into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Mm. so the fires of hell, and they will be real they are and let me say this, Nick, they are not burning currently. there mm-hmm. is no one currently suffering in hell, both the wicked and the good. Those who have chosen God and those who have rejected a relationship with God, who have died, are waiting in the grave. Mm-hmm. Mm. But there is going to be the fires of hell that were designed for the destruction of uh, of Satan and his angels, and ultimately the removal of sin.
0: Yes, yes. And e- Ezekiel twenty-eight eighteen uh, again, a beautiful passage. There, um, you defiled your sanctuaries, says. By the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your uh, trading, therefore I brought fire to devour you, and I turn you to ashes upon the earth. That's an interesting passage there to to look at. And all all, all of you um, were astonished. You have become a horror, and shall be no more.
1: Forever. So He's this is here. a prophetic picture from God um, that gives a picture of um, of Lucifer um, and then also his ultimate destruction. Mm. So God has promised to do away with sin. Uh, and, of course, with the end of sin comes ultimately the destruction of Satan and his angels.
0: Yeah. And um, is there anyone... In hell, you mentioned earlier that uh, hell is not uh, anywhere uh, not burning, burning, burning right now. But what do you understand about hell then, uh, right now?
1: Yeah, so the teachings of Jesus, um, he he gave a parable, a story, if you like, in Matthew chapter thirteen, uh, of the story of the wheat and the tares. Mm. And uh, good wheat, the farmer had this property, uh, his servants, good wheat is sown, but uh, they quickly notice that there are weeds growing up amongst the wheat. And they come to the farmer, and they, uh, the owner, and they make him aware of this, that there's weeds coming up that look very similar to the Mm -hmm. wheat. And the farmer says, the owner says, the evil one has done this, an evil one has done this. And the servants say, look, should we pull the weeds out now? And the owner says, no, wait until the harvest and then separate the wheat from the weeds. Mm. And in Matthew 13, verses 40 to 42, we read this. Therefore, as the tares or weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire. Mm. So... Uh, there is no one burning in hell currently, but the Bible says there will be a time uh, right at the end where the wicked will be consumed in hell fire. Mm-hmm. And Those also, who have chosen
0: Satan. Yes, and in John uh, chapter twelve forty eight, it says that uh, he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which uh, judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last days. The last days, as you just uh, mentioned a bit
1: earlier. And that's true. And also in John uh, chapter 5, verses 28 and 29, Nick, Jesus says this. He says, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves, no, it's all, okay, mm-hmm. not just some, the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life, And those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Mm -hmm. So, Jesus in John chapter 5 is saying that everyone who has died are in the grave. Yes, they're not suffering in hell. Uh, some will be raised to uh, a resurrection of righteousness or eternal life, and some will be raised for a resurrection of condemnation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: That's right. And we are going to deal in uh, next uh, one of the next programs with the thousand years. And in Revelation twenty verse five, it says here, "But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished." Who are the rest of the dead? Good question here, and uh, that's the, the, tomorrow night. the lost. You know, we are
1: going to look at that um, uh, tomorrow night. So, so Nick, it's the voice of Jesus that will call the wicked from the graves. Mm-hmm. He won't call them from hellfire, and there is not one single person or not one single soul in hell today. Mm,
0: absolutely, even uh, not th- those ones which um, we may think people like Hitler or others. You know, they're still in the grave. Waiting there for, uh, for the judgment.
1: That's exactly right. Now, that may sadden some. If you've been um, persecuted or, or at work, there's a colleague that has given you grief, they won't be burning in hell when they die. And I praise God for that. Yes. God is a God of love.
0: All right. Uh, David, another question uh, to consider. What part of a person enters hellfire?
1: Again, the voice of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, verse 30 says, For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Mm. In other words, Jesus is not saying that you have this uh, immortal part of you, a soul or a spirit that will be cast into hell and your body will just um, return to dust in the grave. Mm. He talks about a time where your whole body will be cast into, into hell. Yes, that's right So so commonly people think there is this soul being tortured in hell But the Bible talks that uh, at the end of time The whole person will be destroyed
0: Yes, and uh, we dealt just the last program with uh, what the soul means You know, uh, uh, it's not just, um, you know, again, how uh, people just misunderstanding And uh, misinterpret the scripture about um, a soul, what a soul is
1: The soul is the entire person Yes, yes their thoughts, their appetite, their physicality their character, the soul is the entire person
0: Mm. Hey David, I'm going to take a short break now Uh, it seems like a bit heavy with this uh, topic but I'm going to play um, a song, Peace in the Valley stay with us and we'll be back in a moment
2: Well I'm tired Giving one endless being And no clouds there will ever be seen There will be peace in the valley for me someday will open up to me There will be peace in
1: the valley for me. This world needs peace, doesn't it, Nick? Absolutely. (laughs) And Nick, in my hand, and our listeners can't see this, but I have this little pocketbook. It's a free giveaway. And uh, the first 10 listeners, and I'll give out the number shortly, that... SMS in, we will get this free pocket book to them. It's called Live More Happy. Now, we're dealing with a pretty sobering subject, correct? On hell. But it's really a subject of hope. Absolutely. Uh, But for some, it's a subject that's caused so much turmoil. So this book, Live More Happy, uh, scientifically proven ways to lift your mood and your life. The author is Dr. Darren Morton, and he's a fellow of the Australasian Society of Lifestyle Medicine. And essentially this book is uncovered Covering research that has taken place over the last decade, Nick, uh, neuroscience, positive psychology, and lifestyle medicine. All of this has exploded in areas of cutting edge research and healthcare. And essentially, the research indicates that almost half of our enduring happiness can be influenced. By our daily choices and habits Mm. And this book shows us how to do it So for our first 10 listeners that send An SMS to us on 0401 Three zero five zero seven seven. We will get this free pocket book to them. Book, pocket book to them. Live more happy. That is zero four zero one three zero five zero double seven.
0: And stay tuned. We will um, repeat that uh, phone number again uh, later on. First
1: you'll... ten listeners only. Zero four zero one three zero five zero seven
0: seven. All right, David. Let's come back to some questions here. To um, Um, understand this uh, quite difficult topic, as you just mentioned. What will happen to the wicked when they go to
1: hellfire? So the very last book of the Old Testament is the book of Malachi. And uh, God, through the prophet Malachi, says this. He says, For behold the day, Malachi 4 verse 1, For behold the day is coming, burning like an oven, And all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that will leave them neither root nor branch. So essentially, Nick, The wicked, those who have chosen not to be in a relationship with Jesus, when we separate from God, death results. Mm. And for those who choose not to be in a relationship with Jesus, God has to sadly honor their decision. But sin, cancer needs to be removed. Sin needs to be removed. It needs to be done away with. And so the wicked will ultimately be burned up. The words here of interest are stubble. They'll be stubble And then it says uh, The day is coming That will burn them up So the wicked will be completely destroyed and consumed In Malachi 4 verse 3 Just two verses Mm, on mm. It says You shall trample the wicked For they shall be ashes Under the sole of your feet On that day that I do this Says the Lord of hosts So I don't know about you Nick But when there's ashes uh, The log is The tree is no longer there If you've burnt the tree All that's left is ashes so there is no everlasting, there is no continual torment of the wicked. yes. No continual burning. Mm. And let's look at it. The purpose of fire, Nick, is to consume. Mm-hmm. Fire doesn't preserve, and in the spiritual sense, it'll destroy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet here we have this picture that so many Christians have uh, fallen into, that fires will keep something alive and and, and living, whereas fire destroys, it burns. And yes. that's its purpose. Absolutely. And
0: even in Psalms uh, 37, it says, For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadows,
1: Shall vanish into smoke, they shall vanish away. And let's think about this. When God made everything right there in Genesis, Nick, he says everything is good, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. There was no sin. If God creates uh, a new earth, which the Bible talks about, how can everything be perfect once again if there are still sinners and wickedness in existence, mm-hmm. albeit being tormented forever and ever? So essentially what we are saying is that hellfire does not burn forever. And as you've just described from those verses you read, the Bible uses various terms to describe the fate of the wicked. Mm-hmm. In John 3.16, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. perish. Mm-hmm. Now, when something perishes, it's finished, correct? Uh, Romans 6:23: "The wages of sin is death. Death doesn't mean to continue to live, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've read Malachi 4.1, burn up. Uh, Ma- Psalm 37, verse 20, vanish away. Mm-hmm. Psalm thirty seven nine, cut off. Psalm 145.20, destroy. Revelation 20, verse 9, devoured. Mm-hmm. Uh, Psalm uh, 21, verse 9, fire shall devour them. Job 21, verse 30, talks about a day of doom. Mm. So we don't get this picture of the wicked continually suffering and burning unending yes yes they will burn they will be destroyed by the fires that come from god but death will be done away with mm. and still the question remains david um, where does hellfire take place then Well, it takes place on the earth. And we Mm -hmm. go to the very last book of the Bible, uh, the book of Revelation, the revealing of Jesus Christ, if you like, in chapter 20. And you might be in this chapter tomorrow night, maybe. Mm -hmm. Chapter 20, verse 9. And it talks about uh, Satan and the wicked at the end of time. It says, They went up on the breadth of the earth notice the earth, Mm -hmm. and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. So the fire comes from heaven from God. It devours the wicked who are on the earth. Now when something's devoured, occasionally, Nick, you'll hear people talking, uh, they might be extremely hungry, Mm -hmm. and they'll be sitting down to a meal, and someone will say, look how quickly they devoured that meal. Is there anything left when they've devoured it? Nothing. Nothing. So here we are told that fire will come down out of heaven and will devour the wicked who are on the earth. Mm
0: -hmm. And we are going to look into some passages in the Bible, as you said, later on. But, you know, this uh, hell is also, um, uh, in other words, considered the second death where, uh, you know, Everything in Revelation particularly in 20 uh, verse 14 uh, talks about uh, that also in 2 Peter 3:10 uh, it says but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned
1: up So what I read there, Nick, from Peter in 2 Peter 3.10 is that um, this world's been infected by sin Mm -hmm. and nature has. We're destroying the earth, correct? Mm -hmm. So God is going to send fire from heaven. The wicked will be destroyed. They've chosen that because they've chosen a life separate to God. Yes. They will be destroyed. They'll be consumed, as will almost the way I picture it. I'm not a scientist or a, the- or a theologian as such, but almost like the crust of the earth will be burnt. A- and then God will, as I want to finish on at the end, Nick, mm-hmm. and give this beautiful promise of what the new earth will be like. Right. So the earth and the, the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works in it will be burnt up. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, beautiful. And in Isaiah 47, uh, 14, that's a beautiful passage there also. You know, how long will the fire of hell burn? And why is this issue so important?
1: So, Isaiah 47, verse 14, it says, Behold, they shall be as stubble the fires shall burn them they shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame it shall not be a coal to be warmed by mm. nor a fire to sit before in other words i've sat by fires that have died down as there is no more fuel to put on no more timber or wood and after a while and it could take hours
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, with a literal fire it will eventually go cold mm. in other words this verse is telling us that the fires of hell That'll come from heaven will burn out. Yes, yes. It won't be won't be continuing forever and ever. And essentially, anyone that believes that hell is a place now, and that the wicked are suffering in this place eternally, forever mm-hmm. and ever, mm-hmm. are essentially having to believe that the problem of sin will never be solved. Yes. Sin will just keep perpetuating because sinners and sin will never be done away with. Yeah, you're right. And, and that's an odd picture of God.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I can see that picture um, and I saw some statements, you know, say, hey, mom, I'm an atheist. The concept of eternal hell, of pain and torment, has resulted in more athe- atheists than any other concept.
1: It has, and so that's why this topic is so um, incredibly important. Mm. Mm. Uh, When uh, Adam and Eve, uh, before they sinned, uh, God said to them, you can eat of all the fruit in the garden... But if you eat of the fruit of this one tree, he says, you will die. Mm. And in Genesis chapter 3, verse 4, Satan, through a serpent, says to them, you can't trust God. He says, you will not surely die. Mm -hmm. And that lie has gone right throughout uh, pagan cultures, uh, the ancient Egyptians, the Greeks, and it's worked its way into many Christian philosophical and theological thoughts. Mm. David, just the... We
0: have uh, not that much time left but uh, still let's look at this now. How and when did the teaching of eternal hell enter into the Christian church?
1: Yeah, very good question. Um This concept of an eternal hell is closely linked with the concept of an eternal soul, Mm -hmm. uh, as we sort of said. And the devil began this teaching when he said in Eden that sinners are immortal and that they won't surely die. And and so this uh, teaching, as I said, has spread through pagan cultures. And they taught, and many of them still do, these New Age teachings that good and evil have to coexist, Mm -hmm. that both are immortal, both can't be destroyed, uh, and so therefore uh, a place for tormenting the evil had to be created since the gods were powerless to destroy evil. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to worship a god that can't solve the problem of evil. Mm -hmm. And so this came into the Christian church, and certainly through the Middle Ages, um, uh, this uh, concept of an eternal place of torture uh, came in late in the second century, Yes, and this teaching, as we said earlier, became one of the greatest tools for fear and compliance to the church throughout the Middle Ages. Mm -hmm. And as I said to you, Nick, um, I've got... Tons of photos of paintings of cathedral ceilings in Europe for from six, seven, eight hundred years ago of people tormented and being tormented in, in this picture of hell. Mm.
0: And also the misunderstanding of hell uh, made uh, its way into the translation of the Bible. Uh, on many occasions, the Hebrew and Greek words for Gravis Sheol and uh, Hades were were translated as hell there is no word in the old or new testament which could be translated as an eternal place of torment that's true because uh Hades and uh, sheol we know that it's a
1: it's the place of the dead it's of the, the grave. dead yeah it's a grave absolutely it's,
0: it's not a, a place where uh, you burning and burning what does the bible mean when it talks about eternal and everlasting punishment, because this is a question, people will, will come with uh, you know passages from the Bible and um, argue on this point. They
1: will, and we need to look at the whole realm of Scripture on these topics to to understand what the Bible says. And the Bible does interpret itself. Essentially, the complete annihilation of the wicked is mentioned about 180 times in the Bible, mm-hmm. and there are a few passages that have led to confusion um, uh, with you know imagery that is used. And so we need to look at some of those. Mm-hmm. Um, in Matthew 25, verse 41, uh, we read, Then he will say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So one of these ones is, what's all this everlasting and eternal fire about? Yes.
0: And, and, then, yeah, and then we need to look uh, to other parts of the Bible to understand this, You know, th- this language. For example, if we look in Jude. Uh, verse seven in 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 Jude. It's only one chapter, isn't well, yeah, it? And yeah, and verse seven is, is what it says here: as Sodom and Gomorrah are set forth as an
1: example,
0: suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Now that that means uh, Sodom and Gomorrah are still burning right now.
1: And if we read that verse in isolation, that's how we could read it, mm-hmm. correct? A- and yet. If we then go to Peter's writing, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 6, this is what Peter says, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, mm. condemned, them to, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. Yes. So Sodom and Gomorrah are these places um, around the, uh, in, somewhat near the, we believe, near where the Dead Sea is, mm-hmm. uh, the remains. There is no... Uh, fire that's burning eternally in that region. Uh, as Peter says, it's ashes. Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed with fire and brimstone from yeah. heaven. They're destroyed. Yeah. No but, longer burning.
0: But that's a picture for uh, for us to understand uh, how hell it is. You know, uh, it will burn up at the, at the time of judgment but...
1: Uh Will not continue. And so we need to remember, Nick, that when we come across, uh, in relation to the fires of hell, when we come across this term everlasting mm-hmm. or eternal, it's everlasting and eternal in its consequences. Yes. Not in the duration. Uh, in other
0: words. That's a very good uh, example. Yes. And
1: this is critical. In other words, if I choose to live a life separate from God and don't choose Him, my fate is forever or eternally sealed. Mm-hmm. I have lost out on eternal life. Yes. However, I will not be burning eternally. The consequences are eternal, Very not the good. duration. Absolutely. In the, in not the duration of suffering.
0: Yep. The context of uh, Revelation uh, uh, 20, uh, the lake of fire takes place on the uh, uh, breath of the The earth um, hence must eventually go out if we are to inherit a renewed earth, says in Revelation 21, verse 1. The fire into which the devil, the beast, and the false prophet are cast devours them, says in Revelation 20, verse 9. Devour means to totally consume also, the lake, lake of fire, we have that um, passage also, where they are cast and devoured is called the second death, which I uh, alluded a little bit earlier, Revelation 20, verse 14. The second death is the eternal death of the wicked, from which there is no resurrection. Mm. Tormented forever and forever, Revelation 20, then we, we looked at now in Isaiah we have another passages, another passage here. Isaiah 34, David, can you take us there in Isaiah 34 verse 9 and 10? So Isaiah
1: 34 verse nine and 10 says this, "Its land shall become burning pitch, it shall not be quenched night or day, its smoke shall ascend, Forever. Is this a difficult passage here now? Um, well, it's. It, it seems that way, doesn't it? And this is talking about the ancient land of Edom. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is saying there in Isaiah 34, 9 and 10 that um, it, it, it won't be quenched. There'll be burning pitch. It won't be quenched night or day, and its smoke shall ascend forever. Now, Edom there in the Middle East, mm-hmm. there is no smoke ascending forever. So what essentially does it mean? Um, it's not burning today. In fact, um, in over 50 times in the Bible, we come across the word forever um, when it's used in the Bible to refer to something that would naturally end. Mm -hmm. And I guess let me give you an example. Uh, The story of Samuel in the Old Testament, the little boy Samuel prophet uh, that became a prophet. Uh, His mother, Hannah, uh, couldn't conceive and she prayed to God. Um, and, And this is what we find in 1 Samuel 1 verse 22. But Hannah, she's childless, remember, Nick. But Mm -hmm. Hannah did not go up to the temple, for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned, then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So she's childless. She goes to Jerusalem once, uh, the story goes, and uh, she's quite distraught. Mm. She sees the priest, and um, he thinks she's drunk, but she's actually pouring out her heart to God. And... um, she goes away from there and she falls pregnant. Now she doesn't want to go up to the temple until her child is weaned. And she says there in verse 22, um, not until he is weaned, then I will take him that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So she's saying that my son, this little baby Samuel will remain in the temple forever. Now, is Samuel a prophet still living? No, no. Uh, And then we get in verse 28. So that was, Chapter 1 verse 22 in chapter 1 verse 28 of 1 Samuel it says therefore i also have lent him to the lord as long as he lives he shall be lent to the lord so they worship the lord there so forever means as long as someone lives
0: all right then although there is no such a thing as eternal torment is destruction by hellfire something to take lightly
1: No, it's not. This is a serious thing. Mm. God has promised us eternal life, hasn't he? He's promised us eternal life. Uh, And um, so we shouldn't reject the salvation of God because if we do reject it, then the opposite is true. We'll be separated from God. We'll be destroyed.
0: Yeah. In 2 Thessalonians uh, 1, uh, verses 6 to 9, it says, uh, "...this shall be punished with everlasting destruction." from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. To be destroyed by hellfire will be the most horrendous experience known to man. The reason why this will be so traumatic is because for the first time there will be complete separation from the presence of the Lord people will realize the enormity of the consequences of their life of sin. All hope will be gone. They will realize the foolishness of clinging to sin which has now cost them everything. Now is the time to accept the free gift of life that Jesus is offering you. Jesus wants you to be your friend and protect you against hellfire. He loves you and he wants to have a daily close friendship with you through eternity. We have maybe another question just to to close uh, David. What will God do once Hell and sin are eradicated.
1: So we've looked at some sobering things, haven't we? Mm. And hopefully we've dispelled through Scripture what hell is all about. But in the second last chapter of the entire Bible, Revelation 21, we get a beautiful passage. In verse 1 it says, Now I saw, this is John, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And also there was no more sea. But then I want to take you, Nick, to verse 3 and 4. Mm. And it says there and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying behold the dwelling place of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people God himself will be with them and be their God listen to verse 4 Nick and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes there shall be no more death nor sorrow nor crying Mm. there shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. The good news is that sin, sadness, pain, suffering and death will be done away with. Mm. And all of these things impact us in this life because of sin. But there's a day coming when there'll be no more.
0: Yes. Hey, we are uh, taking a very short break here. Please stay with us. We are coming back to take home a few points.
1: When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on one 800 faith FM. That's one 800 324 843
0: Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM, Drive Time, BQ&A with Nick Rita and uh, David Butcher. And our big question for today is, where on earth is hell? David, would you be able to just bring together a few points here to take home?
1: Absolutely. So firstly, God does not want anyone to be lost, but he does give every single human being the freedom of choice. Secondly, there are only two options. I mean, you go into any shops these days, there are a multitude of options, but only two options. Those are, with the afterlife, either heaven or hell. Mm. And lastly, hellfire will completely destroy the wicked at the end of this earth. Mm. God has promised to do away with evil, to do away with sin, and that also means the end of sinners. So, Nick, I just want to really challenge uh, our listeners The Bible gives us this beautiful picture of God who is a God of love, not a God of fear. A God who gives everything to us as human beings so that we can avoid these fires of hell at the end of time. Jesus came, gave everything. He gave his own life to die which the Bible talks about as a second death, so that you and I don't have to miss out on eternal life. God is not there to condemn. God is there to uplift us. And so we have this incredible picture of a God who loves sinners, who wants them to be in eternity, and he says, turn, turn from your evil ways. So I want to challenge our listeners that are you glad that God destroys sin but does not punish people throughout eternity.
3: Mm. That's
1: a loving God. Mm. That's the God that won't turn countless numbers away from Christianity and drive them to atheism.
0: That's really good. Thank you, David. Would you like to pray for us, uh, David, and for our listeners?
1: Father in heaven, we just want to thank you that you are a God of love, that your heart yearns and aches and breaks when anyone chooses to not love you, Lord. Because you know what the result is, it's death But you came to give life And Jesus is the author of life And so Father I just pray for every listener That they will get a deeper sense That we each will Lord Of who you are A God of love, a God of fairness A God that wants to remove sin Because he wants to make everything new And everything perfect May we make the right choice Mm. To be in a relationship with Jesus Is our prayer in his name Amen. Amen.
0: Hey, looks like our time is up for today. Thank you for joining Nick Krita and David Butcher on Drive Time BQ&A. Please join us tomorrow when we ask, "Can we have a thousand years of peace?" If you like to have your question answers, you can call and or text me at zero four zero one three zero five zero seven seven. Really looking forward to see you uh, again but until then please remember Christ said I am leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace i give isn't like the peace the world gives so don't be troubled or afraid this is in john 14:27 may god richly b- bless you i'm leaving you with a beautiful song love lifted me
3: I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despair and cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love. Lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help. Love lifted me. All my heart to him I give. To him I'll cling in his blessed presence, live ever his praises sing. Love, so mighty and so true, merits my soul's best songs. Faithful, loving service, too, to him belongs. Love lifted me. Love